Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. I want to make a special uh, little dedication to some of our uh, Zen folks uh, in uh, the Sangha and also here in Scuba who seem to have uh, uh, pulled this muscle or their back or various things. Uh, I've been there too. We're uh, uh, dedicating this to uh, all the people with uh, aches and pains. Uh, that leads to our topic today. Um, folks uh, often come to uh, Zen because uh, they just uh, want to deal better with the problems of life. That is excellent. That is an excellent reason. Uh, maybe to relax a little, to build their focus. Uh, also, a uh, wonderful reason to come to Zen. And all of that does come from our Zen practice. But I have to confess, I'm a little old school. Uh, my uh, focus and uh, my heart, my, uh, my, shall we say, reason for continuing on this path uh, for so many years is because uh, I'm kind of old school. Zen is about finding out, discovering, uncovering, maybe is a better word, who we are in the universe, why we're here, what is going on. Um, is there a way, they say, the great matter of life and death, leaping through that? Is there something beyond the veil of life and death? Time. You know, the big questions. That uh, was uh, what Zen was about a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, and uh, really is today. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't help us also with the little stresses of life, the problems of the kids in the office and paying the bills, it does. Doesn't mean that it doesn't help us go through our health crises and, and realize a little more peace and, uh, shall we say, feeling at home in this world. It does. Doesn't mean it doesn't help us with our, shall we say, uh, excess desires and addictions and tendencies to anger and be jealous and all. Oh, it certainly does. But it all comes from that big question. What's it all about? What is this? You know, so uh, that's what the Shinjin Mei that we're reading is about. It's about the mind of Zazen. It's one of the best descriptions I know of the mind of Zazen. Uh, last time I said that uh, Zazen is many things. There's Zazen of the body. There's the physical act. We sit on, in the uh, a balanced pose, maybe with cross legs or seiza. And uh, we throw ourselves into the body. That's part of it. Sometimes we're working in the garden in Samu and we lose ourselves or even just in, uh, in uh, any physical activity, we can throw ourselves into it. That's Zen. That is Zazen moving. That's for sure. There's breath, Zazen of the breath. We just let the breath be. 
But Zazen is also of the mind. We're doing something very special with the mind. Actually, we're doing the opposite of what we usually do with the mind. And that's what the Shinjin Mei is about. Now, what do I mean that we're doing the opposite of what we usually do with the mind? It all comes down to language. You see, you're going to see that there's a lot of references in here to language and grammar. I'm sorry, anyone, uh, I struggled in, in junior high through English class and predicates and dangling participles. I never got all that. I object and subject I figured out, but I'm still not sure what it is a transitive and intransitive verb. Anyone else here with me or is it just me? Uh, I struggled with uh, English grammar back in the day. But one thing I know about grammar, it divides the world into pieces. Now, I think a baby is born without all that language. Actually, I think the ba baby is born, uh, if I'm reading uh, Noam Chomsky and all those other linguists, not the political Noam Chomsky, the linguist Noam Chomsky, uh, babies are born naturally in our brain with some language senses of tense and time in the brain already when the baby is born. And the language kind of uh, just fits into that. But as we learn language, we also learn to divide the world into pieces, you see. The big one is subject, object. There's me, and there's all the rest of you guys, and everything out there. And this is the big divide for Buddhism. And many, not just Buddhism, many Eastern practices are focused, focused on that subject, object divide. But then we have all the different nouns and pronouns. This and that. Chair and house. Uh, mountain and star. Tin can and uh, puppy dog. Anything. We divide the world into all these objects. Now you're going to not hear me say that they're not there. There's something there, you see in all these nouns and pronouns that identify the different pieces of the world. I'm not saying I'm not here. There is a, a me. Buddhism never said, maybe in some extremely radical interpretation, someone might have asserted this, but most Buddhists will say, no, you're there, but kind of a provisional way. That's only one way to look at it. So you have the nouns, the verbs, the uh, the adjectives, uh, good and bad, happy, sad, beautiful, ugly, right? So we divide the world in language into all these different pieces. And we need that. That's how we function in the world. Hoshi later is going to recite a poem for us. He works in language. You're a poet, right? The Shinjin Mei that we're reading now is a poem. It's a poem, though, about transcending language. What is when we get through all the subjects and objects and adverbs and adjectives and nouns of this and that? When we drop that all away, shall we say there's kind of a base language that's only one word? I'm not even going to say what that word is because it can't be said. Maybe it's a sound that is the source of all the other sounds and noises of the universe. 
It's the most fundamental poem at all. That's just a blank sheet of paper. Something like that. When we put down the dividing language, what then? But then the Shinjin Mei will also caution us today. Don't just think that that's what it's all about, getting back to the one sound, the one word, the blank sheet of paper, whatever it is that is in this world before we cut it up into all the pieces. Realize that the pieces and this primordial sound were never two. I've given the whole thing away now. You can all go home. But let's get into it. Let's get into it and see. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to discuss all these titles for the Shinjin Mei after. I think some are better than others. I'll tell you why in a bit. But uh, let's start uh, with the reading. The more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. Just the more you analyze, put into words, assign names and categories, this and that, friend and enemy, up and down, all of this, you're getting away from the truth. Now, again, some people misread that and think, oh, if I get away from it, that is the truth. It is. That's the truth we don't usually see because we wake up in the morning and we're caught up in a world of language and divided pieces. We have lost the ability that maybe the baby knew to not divide the world so much. The, the baby is born automatically, biologically, dividing the world into mama and me, light and dark, hungry, I don't feel good. So I, as I said, I think the baby's already born with some of this. So we may be even going beyond the baby, back to what they call the Buddha womb. Maybe this, there's a reason we call it the Buddha womb. That's another name for this. It's the primordial state before we were separate beings. You know, the baby comes from the mother. Isn't it interesting how literally there you see one become two, physically, biologically, right? And somehow that, that separate being became more and more and more separate and individual. And congratulations, look in the mirror, you see what the outcome is. But what is there when we go back, back even before the baby to something so primordial, there is no even one or two to think about. Just that, that whole, the whole universe, that whole, what is there? We have to go back past, as it says, back beyond the thinking and talking to reach there. And that's a certain truth that we've forgotten. But the Shinjin Mei is also reminding you that doesn't mean you, you, this whole world, even though it's kind of only one way to see things or kind of like a dream, it's a truth too when you realize it's also the other thing. They're not separate. They're not separate. That wholeness and all this world of division, it's the same place. Just seen two different ways. You and that wholeness are just the same even though you feel like you and you're not all the rest of it, that's the object to your subject. That's the predicate to your object or I'm getting it all confused again. But when you stop all that, you are you and you're also all of this. I gave it away again, but let's see what, uh, how this continues. 
So stop talking and thinking. And there is nothing you will not be able to know. There's a certain knowing that comes when we stop the language and stop the nouns and pronouns and talking. And I'm talking about it right now. I'm talking so much to tell you to stop talking. Really, let's just get quiet for a second and hear it. That's the silence of Zazen you're hearing. To return to the root is to find the meaning, the root before the baby was born, the root before the plant even began to emerge from the ground. To return to this source, this root, is to find this meaning, not the only meaning, your life has meaning, this divided world has meaning. Again, don't get lost in one or the other, but you got to get back to, to really know the plant, you have to know the root even before the plant emerges from the ground. This is who you are. This is the source of all your poems. This is the source of your life. This is who you are. At the moment of turning the light of awareness around, there is going beyond appearance and emptiness. Many explanations of Zazen say we turn the light around. The way I take that is, you know, usually we're so other directed. We're looking out our eyes at the world, right? And we see the world out there and I'm in here. And somehow in Zazen, we're like a, a lighthouse where the light spins around and it comes back in. But that doesn't mean, again, don't get lost in the world inside you either. It's more a matter of you turn the light around not to be attached to the outside nor lost in the inside. Drop beyond, drop beyond inside or outside. Those are two more words from language, inside, outside. Inside is a relative thing. There's a inside, there's a wall and there's an outside. Drop that wall. It's a, there's a border between France and Germany that some human being drew. Maybe there was a mountain there or something. They said, here's the border. That's France, that's Germany. It's an artificial construct. Drop the borders, drop the barriers, drop the walls. And you realize this whole world, when you go out into space, I just saw a wonderful documentary on the astronauts. They were on the moon, you know, recently. They were going back again and they turned the camera around and there's the the great blue mar marble, all the borders are gone. Where's France? Where's Germany? Where's you? Where's me? Where's war and peace? It's all there. I'm not saying it's not real, but from out in space, you look there, it's just one great blue circle, the root. Now leap even beyond the moon and the planets. What then? Those are just more borders. There is going beyond appearance and emptiness. Don't get lost in emptiness. The emptiness means empty of being separate things. Not that there's nothing there. It's empty of its separateness, empty of its things, empty as a separate identity. 
So don't get lost in the surface appearances of this world, you and me and tree and friend and enemy and up and down. But don't get lost in emptiness either. They're not two things. They're just the same thing like the back of my hand, the front of my hand, but there's just this, the one hand. I like to say there are two sides of a no-sided coin, you see. That's who you are. The changes that appear to occur in the empty world we call real only because of ignorance. All the passing time, all the this and that, all the ups and downs, the good luck and bad luck, the, the struggles in your family and the work. And I'm not saying, you know, that those are not real. That's If the message here is that those are not real, it's more like saying those are just not the whole story is a better way to put it maybe. There's another side to it. Do not search for the truth. Again, if you search for something out there, you're creating this distance. It's over there and I'm here. That's the language working. That's the brain that creates barriers between I'm inside here, the truth must be out there. Drop that barrier. This truth is right here when you stop looking for it. It's like I got my glasses on my nose. Where's my glasses? Where's my glasses? I can't see them because they're so close to my face. It's like that. When you stop looking for them and realize they've been here all along, there is the truth. Only cease to hold opinions. More language. We get up in the morning and we start judging the whole world. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what I hope for. This is what I despise. This is a good thing. This is a bad thing. This is my favorite flavor of ice cream. This is my favorite person. This is this guy I'm not so crazy about. We have opinions on everything. That politician I love, I hope the world does this. Some of the things are, don't get me wrong, some of these opinions are necessary. I don't want to eat poison. I want to eat nutritious food. I want peace in the world. It's a good thing. I don't want war. I like that politician because his politician, his policies are good. The other politician, that guy's crazy. Like that. We need to have these opinions. Don't get me wrong. Again, it's not a one-sided story. But it's also saying, okay, guys, flip the coin, the no-sided coin too. There's also the one sound, the root, the source before all opinions. I like to say the morning star was shining, the Buddha saw it. Did the morning star just shine or did it have opinions? Did the morning star shine for a purpose and had to do something judging, go, oh, I'm not shining bright enough today. I'm not a good star. No, it just shone. Does the mountain say I'm not tall enough? Does the ground say I'm not ground enough? Does the flower, even if it's, even if it's not the most beautiful flower in the garden, does it say, oh, I'm sorry, that other flower is better than me? No, the flower grows, the ground is solid, the mountain rises, the star shines. There's something beyond opinions. So this is saying, know this, this realm that is also beyond opinions. Dualistic constructs do not abide. So take care not to pursue them. If there is a, even a trace of this and that 
right and wrong, the mind will be lost in confusion. Master Dogen says the same in Fukan Zazengi, many other places, sit beyond good and bad. Let the, the judging, the mental wheels turning of the mind, put it down, let them settle, kind of put them in neutral. Just let them spin without all the judging and dividing and, and thinking about stuff. Does that mean that it's bad to think about stuff? No, that's what makes us human. That's why I'm not a rock. That's why I'm not even my cat. Okay, we got good brains. We don't use them all for good all the time, but we got good brains. I'm not telling you not to be human, not to analyze, not to think about opinions, not to think about things, but also know the art of sometimes not doing that, where there are certain truths that present themselves when you put down the whole, shall we say, uh, clown show in your head. All the junk in the attic, just put it down. And then a certain truth manifests that turns out to be the whole clown show too, the whole chaos, the whole catastrophe. All the noise of the world, all the, the opinions, all the, the things turn out to be this that is also when you drop the opinions and drop the likes and dislikes and drop the right and wrong. Learn to do both. That's how we practice here. So if there is even a trace of this and that, right and wrong, the mind will be lost in confusion. Although all dualities come from the one, do not be attached even to this one. Very good warning there. Very good caution. People sometimes think, oh, you're talking about oneness. If all the separate things disappear, all that's left is the one. Everything is one because there's no more two, three, and four, just one, right? And that's getting, that's close. That's a, a way we can get our mind around this. But a little caution from the old Zen guys, even one is a word. Why do you need the word one, even if there is no two, three, and four, or zero? Zero means, you know, get rid of one, get rid of zero, get rid of two, three, and four. You don't need any words. Even one, even emptiness is a word. Don't need that word. Last week we had a visit with uh, a Buddha, right? Daiichi Nyorai, he's over there now, which represents this great wholeness of the universe. That was a, that's another word or image or concept that people need to get their heads around this, the wholeness of it all. Some people might in the other religion call it God, all right? Put down all those words, even one, even God, even Buddha. You might be even getting closer to this thing that, by the way, you can't get closer to it. You're just kind of discovering what's here all along. Closer would mean it's out there again. So we don't even need the word one. But remember, again, this thing is the one, two, three, four. Know that this divided world is this which is free of all division. They're not separate. Just two, two sides of the same face, shall we say. 
No, that's a bad way. That means that means it's separate too. Two sides of the same face. It's the same face, just the same face, just seen different ways. When the one mind is unborn, nothing in the world can offend. We even get beyond thoughts of birth and death coming and going. I told you this is about all the big questions about who you are. Of course, you're somebody who's born and Sorry to tell you this, someday you're going to get hit by the big bus that's coming for you right down that highway. Might be today, might be a hundred years from now. I hope that bus misses you for a long time, but boom, the Grim Reaper's bus is going to get us all. Hallelujah. Okay. But this Zen, these Zen folks tell you that again is not the whole story. There is something beyond coming and going, life and death. The waves rise on the sea. The waves disappear on the sea. You're a wave. I'm a wave. Everything's a wave coming and going, coming and going. But what of the sea? That is what we are too. The wave was never anything but the sea. The sea is just the waves waving. That is who we are. Again, just another image, see God, Buddha, one, throw those away too, and you, that's who you are. When the one mind is unborn, nothing in the world can offend. And when a thing can no longer offend, it ceases to exist in the old way. When no discriminating thoughts arise, the old mind ceases to exist. Again, this is very radical for me. It ceases to exist, yes, but that doesn't mean the old mind. We need the old mind. We are the old mind. Just know that the old mind and is not the whole story. Okay? When thought objects vanish, the thinker vanishes. No object, there can be no subject. Uh... Buddhism is based on the fact that the world comes in through our senses. We create a, a model up here of objects that are out there. We're in here, right? Then we start labeling those objects. So oh, there's a tree. There's my friend, blah, blah, blah. We're creating a model in the mind, okay? And that's our world. Buddhism is based on the premise that when you kind of put a monkey wrench in that process and stop saying that the data is out there that's coming in, and I'm in here, you realize something. So when thought objects vanish, the thinker vanishes. That means the separate thinker. That doesn't mean you go into oblivion. We're not nihilists. That doesn't mean you go into oblivion. Quite the contrary, you become everything. Because you find out the outside and the inside were not two. They're one. But get, get away, you don't even need that word. When the thought objects vanish, the thinker vanishes. And when the thinker vanishes, objects vanish. Objects are objects because of the subject. Boy, this was a grammar they never taught me in high school. Objects are objects because of the subject. But if you think about it, yeah. The subject is a subject because, you guessed it, because of the objects. 
If you wish to understand these two, originally they are one emptiness. Not again a void. Empty does not mean a void, a nothing. Uh, it means they are empty of separate identity. The object is the subject. The subject is the uh, object. It's time for Jundo's crazy grammar that I say all the time. Ready? Uh, let's see, who should I pick on today? Let's see. Uh, let's see, James. And what other objects should I? Ah, the house. James is the house, Jamesing. The house is James housing. They never taught me that kind of sentence structure in high school. But that's a Buddhist thing. In other words, it's not just that you're separate. To the Buddhist, you are each other manifesting with your face. And the other thing is you manifesting with its face, which is just another face of you. This gets weird even to me sometimes. I get lost. Did that make any sense at all? Let's see. Okay. The tree is New Jersey. Well, they have trees in New Jersey. The tree is New Jersey treeing. New Jersey is the tree New Jerseying. You can do play this game with it's a, it's a game. It's a word game. Try playing it on your own sometime. But it's all you. It's all you. New Jersey, the tree, my house, Hoshi here. James, Brad, all you. Now, before that goes to your head, I remind you too. That also means your dog poop and the uh, the old trash can out back, and uh, the rusty tin can in the street, right? And before that still goes to your head, re remember it's also everybody. Yes, you are the king of the world. You're sitting on the throne here, but so is everybody and all things, including the dog poop and the rusty tin can, including the things we don't like, the things that scare us, the illness, the war. Sadly, it's all on the, it's all our other face. I guess uh, part of our job is to wash that face and kind of clean it up a little, but uh, even the things we don't like are all part of it, but know the things that's beyond all the division, all the separation. And so we close here. If you wish to understand these two, originally they are one emptiness. In this one emptiness, which is beyond one and beyond even the word empty, the two are inseparable, equally containing myriad images. And those images contain each other like that. Okay, now, as we close today, let's get back to the titles of this thing. And now you might understand why people have been struggling to put a name on this silly poem for hundreds of years. Look what we got here. The trust in the heart, the believing mind, the verses of the faith mind, the faith mind that's the inscription of the absolute trust of the trusting faith mind, that's the faith in mind trusting, and it goes on and on and on like this. Look at all these variations. 
I put them on the, if you didn't print them out, they're on the uh, part of the lesson today, right below the, the, the uh, this passage, I posted it. So why is this so hard and such a mess? Well, two reasons. First of all, one is, has to do with Chinese. Chinese just is different from even Japanese. They just put the, the kanji in a very abstract way. So, you know, in, in English, I would say, I am going to the store. In Chinese, you might just say, Brad, confirm if I'm wrong, go store. <laughs> when? If I need to be specific, I will say then, tomorrow, go store. But I might just say, go store. And uh, who's going to the store? Well, you, it's implied, okay? But so the Shin Shin Mei is also written in this very abstract way. You can see there's four kanji, and then they got this long English sentence, which is the, the translator trying to put a name on it. So that's one reason. You can literally take these pieces, Shin Shin Mei, which, oh, I got to get this right. Trust, heart, inscription or trust mind inscription. In Asian uh, world, heart-mind is not separate. They didn't separate the emotional heart and the brain is the mind. It's just shin, which means heart, which is the heart-mind. Sometimes it's rendered heart-mind. So it can be either heart or mind. Uh, trust, heart, inscription. Inscription means just poem, song, okay? It's trust. Sometimes we say faith, but people say, oh, man, I used to come for that other religion. I'm still carrying my mental baggage about that word faith, man. I don't want to have faith. I say, okay, call it trust. But trust doesn't really do it either because it's like you have faith in your brother. You have faith in your family, hopefully, right? You have faith that the sun's going to come up in the morning. So the word faith is not bad here. It's a little bit more like, I, you know, I trust you. It's more like I have faith in you. Okay. It's a, it's a profound trust. So get over your old baggage from that other religion. If you got that and just say, you really, 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 really trust. Okay. Okay. So now we got this, this faith, this real trust, real, real trust, faith, real trust, faith, song, heart, mind. Now, is it, I trust in the heart mind? The heart mind is trusting something. You get where I'm going here? Look at all that language with objects and subjects and dividing and opinions. Am I trusting something because I don't trust this other thing? Is this the, so the thing I trust because the other thing is not good? Let's make a title here. I trust in something. The thing I trust is in this. This is what, I, no. Heart, mind, trust, song. The heart, that's everything. The trust, that's everything. The song, that's everything. The trust that is the heart. The song that is the faith. The heart that is the mind. The trust that is the song, that is the mind, that is all things. Heart, trust, mind. And if I could even make it one word, you can do that in Chinese. You put the kanji together. Heart, trusting, mind. Mind, trusting, heart. It all is just this one sound. 
That's why they can't figure out a title for this, you see. They're not separate. Of course, they're separate. Heart, mind, trust. But there's the song, that's the faith, that's the trusting, that is the moon and the grass and the trees and the rusty tin cans and you and me. And that is the trust, the faith, the, the belief in this that we feel. And it's the song, the poem, that's the source of it all. Something like that. I've said much too much again. Okay, I'm done. Um, have I left you all in shock and speechless again that there's nothing to say or does anyone have a comment, a question, a complaint even? Okay, we're going to close the sutra now. Uh, then we're going to have a super short zazen because zazen is, not, zazen is never a matter of long or short, reminder that. And then we're going to have a brief setsubun celebration, which I need to briefly explain. All right. Anyway, get us out of here, Bjorn. Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.